what sustains our lives as Christians is neither uh, the intellectual knowledge that we have about Jesus nor the theological ability that we have to interpret scriptures. It is the relationship that we build, nurture, and flourish with the Savior, which fueled by the passion and the desire to really understand His will through Holy Scripture, to understand His plan for our lives, and to constantly live a life that pleases Him, and to understand the purpose and the meaning of our life as Christians. It is very important for us to talk about the importance of faith and hope during this season. It is uh, important for us to remind the world that the foundation of our faith is Jesus Christ. He is the solid work. And the hope that He gives us transcends any things that we can imagine. In our series, you, in the book of Hebrews, entitled Hope and Faith, there are two key things that one must understand. When reading uh, chapter 5 and chapter 6, First of all, we don't know who is the author of the book. Many people have mentioned that on, on, on their sermon earlier. But what we know for sure is the author of the book is making a strong argument about the character and the identity of Jesus. When we don't know the character and the function and the role of the one we are called to serve, our faith becomes stagnant. We lose our focus and we put our hope in the wrong things. Those are some key elements and some key ideas that the book of Hebrews invites us to consider in our journey in this series entitled Hope and Faith. When we read chapter 1, the author is making a case regarding the divine identity of Jesus. He outlines clearly that Jesus is the Son of God. He is the fingerprint of God. God Himself. He has divine identity. He is the radiance of God. Glory. And He, he, he is the heir of everything.
everything. One who does not know the character and the identity of the one they are called to serve is forced to live a life of condemnation, of misery, of blindness. A life without clear purpose and goal. A life of confusion. A life of deadness, of spiritual deadness, of spiritual confusion. A life of lack of discernment. A life that leads to drifting, falling away from the good teaching and the fundamental of the course. Now, in chapter 5, the author continued to make his case by presenting Jesus as the great high priest. In chapter 1, the author argued that Jesus is better than the angels. Remember, uh, when Mary and Joseph, Elizabeth, Zachariah, saw the angels, their reactions was extraordinary. They trembled. They had fear because there were the manifestation of the divine happening. Something spiritual was happening. It, it was a mystery that they couldn't understand because angels are not from this earth. They have something very powerful about them. But yet, they are no match to the identity and the character of Jesus. The author wants the believers, the Christians, to understand that. Uh, it is very important for them to know that the one they are called to put their faith and hope in is God himself. And the author continue in, in, in chapter 2 uh, to talk about the angels. And in chapter 3 and 4, he talks about, yeah, Jesus is superior. He's better than Moses, the great teacher, the great mediator between uh, uh, God and the people of Israel. And they need to have this knowledge, this understanding, in order for them to build strong and healthy relationship with him. So that they can have a spiritual life that is pleasing, that is mature. Uh, the author continues in chapter 5 by presenting Jesus as the great high priest. Now, uh, for us to really understand what we're talking about, we, we need to uh, spend a little bit of time explaining what does that mean to be a high priest. According to uh, chapter 5 or what we read in the book of Leviticus, there were three major qualifications for a priest to become a high priest. The first qualification is that, that priest who must be appointed on behalf of the people to deal with spiritual matters regarding them and God. And the high priest 
also were there to help other priests and in the priestly ministry. And the second qualification was that the high priest was supposed to be a compassionate, caring priest that could understand the suffering and the pain of the people. And also, these high priests must demonstrate that he had experienced some type of human suffering to really connect with the people on their needs and to present sacrifices to atone their sins in, in front of God. And the third and the last qualification is, uh, the most important is, the high priest must be appointed and chosen by God himself. Now when reading chapter 5, one would clearly see and understand that Jesus had met all those three qualifications. He is the only one that is fit to be the high priest, the great high priest. The only one that has the ability to take care of our sin once and forever. To atone for us in front of the Father on behalf of us. After explaining that to the Christian, they would understand that there is something better than the Lord's. Now they have the great high priest. They can just pray wherever they are. They don't have to go to the temple. They no longer need somebody to really go to the holy, holy place to atone for them. But on the knees, we have the ability to communicate and to talk with the great high priest who is Jesus. We can put our faith in him and our hope in him. And now, in order for us to fully live our Christian life in faith and hope, we must we must grow spiritually. We must attain spiritual maturity. That was the second point that the author is trying to make in, 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 in the first half of chapter 5. There are four things that they need to be mindful of. Remember, uh, the Bible were not written in chapters. It was like letters. And you would see that I would go back and forth between chapters. It's because of these ideas. When we, when we go back to chapter 2 and 3, the author is warning the Christians about the danger of drifting. Because that killed their faith. And they become stagnant. And they no longer have the ability to produce fruits. They no longer have a way to really please the Lord. All they do is moving away from this solid and the fundamental teaching. And also, we see in chapter 3, the, the author is warning them against the danger of disobedience. And they have shown a lot of respect for angels. They take very seriously the message that they receive from angels and Moses. 
And now he's telling them, you have no excuse not to obey the message of the cross, not to obey the Savior, the Messiah, who is Jesus. You have no excuse not to put your faith and hope in Him. Because He is the great High Priest. Now, we are seeing that the author is warning uh, the Christians about the danger. In chapter 6, he's warning them about the danger of degeneration. About the danger of spiritual regression. So now, dear uh, brothers and sisters, there are two signs of spiritual complacency that I'd like to expose for you, that one must be mindful about. The, the, the first one is loss of intimacy. When you lose your ability to have intimate relationship with Christ, when you no longer have intimate relationship with Christ, you know that you are falling in the trap of spiritual complacency and you must do something about that by following the solely biblical scripture. Basically, what that means, if you are falling in this trap, what that means is you no longer have solid faith. This is exactly what is happening in Hebrew chapter 6. They no longer have intimacy with Christ. The focus is other things. The focus is on rituals and religious practice, not in the relationship that they have with Christ. And they continue to drift away. And the second sign of spiritual complacency is when we no longer have interest in living a consecrate life with Christ today, tomorrow, and forever. When we no longer have this interest, we know that we are falling in this trap of spiritual complacency. Which means that we no longer have hope in eternity. This is exactly what we are seeing in Hebrew chapter 6, verse 3, and verse, verse 3 continues to verse 6. They forget the taste of goodness. They forget the message of enlightenment. They forget what they have experienced. Simply because they no longer have interest in living a consecrated life. Because they are living under the burden of the flesh. They no longer let the Spirit guide them and lead them. My brothers and sisters, the message is uh, very uh, clear that once must abide in Jesus in order to continue to have a healthy spiritual life. Once more stay within the boundaries of solid biblical teaching. One must keep their hope and faith in Jesus, who is the author, the perfecter, and the anchor of their faith. One must not falling away 
of the fundamental teaching. Otherwise, they would become stagnant. They will no longer have spiritual discernment. The focus would change. But thanks God, thanks God, there's a solution to that. When we come to Him, when we recognize who He is, and when we receive His grace through the sacrifice of the cross, His arms are wide open. And He's patient with us. He's patient with us. In fact, the altar is uh, telling the Christian to move away uh, from the milk simply because the author knows that Christian life Christian life is a battle that would require that would require another dimension of faith and knowledge that requires stronger relationship because there would be hard and difficult days if they were if, if they continue to stay in this stagnant stage if they continue to be spiritually immature and babies they will not have the abilities to stand strong and tall they will no longer have the ability to call upon the name of the Lord because the feet is not planted on Jesus who is the walk of our salvation, of our hope. It is good for us to grow spiritually because that would help us when things are becoming difficult. And that would help us to make disciples because we will have the ability to become teachers so that we can expose the gospel in a very efficient and effective ways to those who don't know the gospel. The brothers and sisters, reading the mind of the authors, I, I think there are two key questions that are relevant for us to ask. The first question is, have you had your faith and hope planted in the character and identity of Jesus, the Son of God, the Messiah, the Redeemer? Or have you had your faith and hope planted in the routine? and religious practice. It's a question that would require a little bit of thinking. And I would encourage you to read the passage again and see how you can feed your soul by listening to the advice and the exhortation of the author. And the second question, second key question that one must ask, are there any possible threats to your spiritual life? Any possible threats to your faith and hope that may prevent you to go spiritually? That would be a very interesting question to answer as well, to really understand how you could get out of that. Next card, there is a, a solution which is a very clear example. When we read Hebrew chapter 6, verse 19 and 20, the author reminds us 
about who Jesus is and what he is doing and what he has done for us. We have this as an anchor for the soul firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where our forewonders, Jesus, has entered on our behalf. He has become the high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. The brothers and sisters, I would encourage you to keep trusting in Jesus. I know there are many things, there are many distractions in our current time. There are many reasons that you might uh, feel that you're not at the point where you used to be. I understand that because that has been also a struggle for me. And knowing that uh, we we constantly hearing on the radio, on the news, complaints and and, and 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 some people are desperate. We we see them, we witness uh, those things on a daily basis, and we are asking ourselves, where? Where? Where is? Where is? The Messiah. <laughs> because people are thinking about one thing. They are thinking about deliverance. The burden is too much for them. We understand that. Again, we will continue to renew our faith and hope in Him. Because we know for sure His promises, they are true, they are real, and they would accomplish in our life. Dear brothers and sisters, may faith and hope be a dwelling place for you. May you continue to find peace in the Lord in this season. And may God continue to help you understand that Jesus is our anchor, is the perfecter of our faith. God bless you.